0: CHAPTER SEVENTEEN OF BILL BOLTON AND HIDDEN DANGER by Noel Sainsbury The Sliverbox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. CHAPTER SEVENTEEN BILL'S WAY The moment that the match struck the water found Bill wriggling across the deck like a sand eel. The red tip of the cigarette in the man's mouth glowed and waned as he drew in the smoke. A bright point in the darkness, it moved forward and in its soft luster bill could distinguish the shiny peak and white linen top of the man's yachting cap beneath which his face was a dim brown blur everything else was in black obscurity as quickly as a cat bill slipped down the ladder and pressing his body against the side of the yacht lay motionless it was unlikely that the man would descend for bill had seen no boat tethered at the tiny square stage below and now he prayed that this yacht's officer would not select the spot directly above him to pause for contemplation of the night sky the man drew nearer hesitated as if halted by the sound of talk in the saloon below then passed on the slow tread of his rubber soles grew fainter and bill knew that he had strolled to the other side of the deck now was his chance for an instant he glanced down at the dinghy that would be the easier way but well there was no telling what might happen if he went ashore he hastily unlaced his shoes stuffed them in his coat pocket and bending low ran lightly along the deck toward the door whence the officer had emerged down the companionway he darted and at the bottom found himself in a narrow passage which bisected this part of the yacht fore and aft being familiar with this type of craft he guessed that the passage ran forward from the saloon where slim and sanders were still conferring to the galley and the crew's quarters on either side were the closed doors of the cabins he listened for a second at the door nearest the stairs turned the knob and pushed it open that's you peterson inquired a sleepy voice from within the dark cabin the owner wants young evans in the saloon." growled bill trusting that his voice sounded not too unlike peterson's who he guessed was finishing his smoke on deck he was without weapon of any kind if the man in the cabin became suspicious he must run for it he heard a prodigious yawn well i ain't that kid's nurse he grumbled you ought to know he's in number three the key's in the door fetch him yourself high tides at two bells and we shove off then for the love of mike get out of here and let me cash forty winks bill hurriedly closed the door and looked around for number three there was a nightlight burning in the passage and by its dim rays he soon found the cabin just forward of the companionway he unlocked it slipped inside and shut the door after him say piped a shrill voice and one that he recognized this time what's the big idea for the twenty-seventh time i'll tell you i don't know where my father is and i care less beat it and let a feller sleep pipe down charlie it's bill bill almost shrieked the boy gee whiz but i'm glad you've come it's so dark in here i thought never mind what you thought hustle it up kid we've got to get out of here in a hurry wait till i get my clothes on Bill felt rather than saw the small figure beside him and caught charlie's arm no time for clothes you're wearing something what is it one of old sanders nightshirts charlie ruefully returned it's a million sizes too big as usual they chuck anything at it who you think you are whispered bill the prince of wales he pulled charlie toward the door opened it and looked out someone was coming down the companionway whistling yankee doodle and flatting horribly bill jerked back kept the cabin door on a crack and waited presently a door further down the passage slammed and yankee doodle was suddenly and mercifully cut short bill wasted no time into the corridor followed by charlie he sprang number three was hurriedly locked and the two ran up the companionway their bare feet making no noise on the brass-bound rubber treads both lads leaped across the deck slithered into the dinghy and pushed off the tide was on the flood and made a splashing noise against the hull sufficient to muffle the click of the oars as bill dropped them into the rowlocks gritting his teeth he took three or four long strokes and then sat still in the swing of the tide the dinghy drifted silently away from the vessel and was lost among other crafts at anchor nearby. they gave the yacht a wide berth one lad at the oars the other crouched in the stern of the rowboat bill used its lights however to get his bearings on the pier steps he half expected some angry yachtsman to be waiting with threats to wring his neck for such barefaced robbery they were still a couple of hundred yards off the wharf when a sea-going tug swung round the riding lights of an anchored sloop bill heard the clang of the engine-room bell and almost directly the powerful craft slowed down her propeller blades churning the water to foam a voice hailed them from the deck forward dingy ahoy scull over here and let's see who ye are who wants to know piped up charlie the stamford harbor police patrol wants to know sonny that's who give us no more of your love. come aboard and let's see what you got in that there rowboat coming said bill and pulled toward the tug which was drifting slowly with the tide they were but a few yards off her side when a blinding light struck the dinghy why didn't you get that dumb thing working before pat growled another voice above their heads them ain't the guys we're looking for there ain't no booze aboard that dinghy nothing but a couple of lads and one of em stole his grandmother's nightshirt grandmother your eye Sang out charlie who knew he looked ridiculous and was in no mood to appreciate the tug crew's laughter shut up kid ordered bill and then in a louder voice we are looking for the police there's worse than booze running going on out here tonight. any objection to our coming aboard come aboard bub tell us your troubles they were helped overside by a man in trousers and a cotton undershirt upon closer inspection he proved to be a short and stubby individual with very black eyes and hair and a round face badly in need of a shave and now what's the matter he asked are you in command of this craft i am young man sergeant duffy's the name now let's have your monikers and all about it my name is bolton i live in new canaan began bill What? not the midshipman whose name was in all the papers for capturing that pirate liner i guess said bell i have to plead guilty to that charge sergeant duffy shook him warmly by the hand i recognize ye now from the pictures he beamed i'm glad to meet ye sir it's an honor it is and the young man wid ye he'll be charlie evans if i'm not mistaken where in the seven seas did ye locate the lad his father had his kidnapping broadcasted tonight but it said them fellies had got him away down east clayton maine was the place well i found him locked up aboard that yacht the one that's showing lights over there the katrina i didn't know her name the katrina's right cut in charlie a feller by the name of sanders is the owner offered the sergeant he lives on Shipin point that said bill is the guy anyway he's in cahoots with slim johnson the gangster whom i saw murder a man called hank to-night they're both on board the katrina now and i have every reason to believe that sanders was the brains of von heimskirk's pirate gang that yacht by the way is shoving off her mane at the turn of the tide oh no she ain't declared the policeman by gory, we'll attend to the p- katrina in a jiffy i'm sending ye ashore with kelly he's got to call up headquarters and you can phone mr evans at the same time can't we go with you and see the fun begged charlie no you can't young man you're my responsibility now and the two of ye have had enough excitement for to-night i'll be thinking we're very much obliged to you sergeant said bill shaking hands again sergeant duffy shook his bullet head it's me who's thanking you sir this is big business in our line it's the chance i've been waiting more than five years for it will mean my lieutenancy mr bolton and just remember sir if any of them dumb motorcycle cops hold ye up for speeding any time tell em you're a friend of duffy's if they don't let ye go i'll break em bill Grandin nodded and they hurried overside into the dinghy where a husky policeman was already at the oars beat it callie Duffy flung after them and phoned the chief to break out a bunch of his flat feet and get em down to the wharf on the run now you men they heard him say as they drew away from the patrol boat rip them covers off the guns and get under way the katrina over yonder's got a bunch of murderin kidnappers on her and we're the lads what will run em in the cells, sure as st patrick run the snakes out of the old country the wharf was deserted after nodding the dinghy's painter to an iron brain bolt the lads followed kelly across the rough planking to the small shack bill had hidden behind while watching slim johnson kelly produced a key and went inside from the doorway they heard him call police headquarters and pour forth the sergeant's message into the phone well bill said charlie you certainly handed sanders and his bunch a red-hot wallop what will they do to them do you think murder is a hanging matter in this state charlie and kidnapping means a long term in state's prison when sanders and company get through with that there will still be a federal charge of piracy against them on the flying fish job that we cleaned up a few weeks ago he broke off as kelly came out and told him he could use the phone two minutes later he had mr evans on the wire bill bolton speaking sir he said i've found charlie he's safe and sound and with me now thank god bill heard him exclaim and went on talking i'm sorry i was so rude early this evening he apologized i misjudged you sir i understood how you felt bill but i'd already broadcasted the boys abduction when you called and-but never mind about that now where are you and what's happened bill gave him a hurried resume of the evening's adventures sanders said charlie's father got one thing wrong i wasn't transporting that gold to europe in the merry it was bound for two banks in new orleans ten million dollars of it the reason i didn't call in the police was not because i feared federal censure but because i was afraid if sanders was frightened he would drop death bombs on the place and scatter the gold so that no one could find it I knew it had been sunk by von Heimskirk and his pirates somewhere off Twin Heads but had no idea it was in the harbor now we'll get it easily enough and that reminds me deborah telephoned half an hour ago osceola found sanders headquarters this afternoon he had an armed camp in the woods across the harbor from turner's the chief got the state's police on the job and tonight they captured the place and every man jack of them except sanders who you say is aboard his yacht down here wait a minute interrupted bill he listened while kelly called to him from the open doorway the policeman with us he continued says the katrina has been taken he can see the prisoners being moved aboard the patrol boat he also tells me he will run us uptown in his flipper Goodbye for the present i'll have charlie with you just as soon as we can get there five minutes later while they were being driven toward the heart of Stamford in the police car charlie turned to his friend gee whiz bill i clean forgot to thank you for getting me away from that gang bill laughed don't mention it kid you'd do the same for me any day i know charlie smiled complacently i sure would bill he declared but take it from me if you're going to get kidnapped bring a pair of pajamas along these nightshirts make a monkey out of a man end of chapter 17 end of bill bolton and hidden danger by noel sansbury